Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, DJs, it is Friday, July 14th. Is Bill Belichick on the hot seat? And have you ever bluffed to win a hand at poker? We're going to talk about that and more. Baseball's back to bet on. I'm Mad Max. Join me, the one and only Sex Panther. Panther, happy flipping Friday. Happy flipping Friday. Baseball's back. I got my gambling off to a good start. Stopped at the casino, played some Baccarat, made some money real quick. Sunny day. I swear it's like already 85 degrees out here this morning. Going to be a hot one. feel like it's going to be a good day, Max. I'm looking forward to it. We had a rainy start to our morning, but now the sun is peeking out and it's looking like to be a good day for us as well over here in New Jersey. Uh, yeah, listen, man, uh, we, we got through the week. We, we got baseball back. But of course, now we're going to talk football. <laughs> Why not? Why not? We got through the drudgery of this week, and we get to close out talking about Bill Belichick and the Pats. Now, there is a, a rumor, if you will, or a report that Bill Belichick is on the hot seat this year, partially because of performance. Well, you know, he hasn't really won much since Tom Brady's left town. And also because apparently uh, Robert Kraft has a really close connection to Mac Jones. Now, Robert Kraft had a really close connection to Tom Brady as well, so I don't know if he's just, uh, yeah, w- w- what is it, uh, projecting <laughs> some love that he has from Tom Brady onto this young quarterback. I don't get it. I don't love Mac Jones at all, so whatever. Maybe they go to the same fucking uh, massage parlor. I don't know. Whatever it is, Robert Kraft likes Mac Jones, so that could put Bill Belichick on the hot seat. I'll tell you this, Panther. Bill Belichick should be on the hot seat. Not because of Mac Jones, but because he should be on the hot seat. I I think there's been a stretch of his career now where you got a question, is he the future coach of the Patriots? And I don't think so. Uh, I think that he hasn't uh, necessarily demonstrated his ability to improve this franchise without Tom Brady. In the, in the time that Tom Brady has left. And I don't know if he has the vision to grow a team for the future. Or maybe even the wherewithal. Or maybe even the, I don't know, the passion to do it anymore. The, the decisions for him to bring in those two fucking knuckleheads last year really had me <laughs> questioning his head coaching ability and his ability to want to win. So, we'll see. He's, he's, he's changed up his staff this year. Uh, we'll... If, if he can be competitive, if they can sign those guys we talked about a couple weeks ago, if they can make the playoffs, maybe make a push in the East, maybe. But I think he absolutely deserves to be on the hot seat. What about you? Um, I'm neutral on, on the hot seat. I get the argument. I think he's there's definitely pressure. 
I think there's the ghost of Tom Brady looms large over his career because, you know, he wasn't exactly great in Cleveland. People seem to forget that he was actually a head coach in Cleveland for a short period of time. He goes to New England and really wasn't great with Drew Bledsoe until he got injured and Tom Brady, the savior, comes in and goes to multiple Super Bowls. And then you get add that Tom Brady won another Super Bowl with Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay while Bill Belichick was languishing in mediocrity. So I, I definitely think he's under pressure to win sans Tom Brady. I don't know if he's necessarily on the hot seat. Mac Jones is a product of Belichick and Robert Kraft's relationship with Nick Saban. Um, they both are very close and respect everything that Nick Saban says about his quarterbacks. And I think that's how he, they ended up with Mac Jones. Now, outside of Jalen Hurts, who Nick Saban kind of jettisoned out of Alabama, uh, I don't know that any Alabama quarterbacks have really proven their worth. Tua was nice if he can, you know, keep his brains unscrambled. But I, I feel like there's just a little bit too much buddy stuff going on here when it comes to the Mac Jones, Belichick, Kraft. They've let Belichick call the shots for the longest time, whether it be personnel, coaching, you know, his assistant coaches or whatever. Uh, so if they pull the rug out from under him and, you know, they don't like the quarterback situation or don't give Belichick the, the armor to make his own quarterback situation the way he wants it, I could see Belichick just up and leaving because Belichick does have that ego that you're not going to tell me who my fucking quarterback is. And there could be trouble in paradise. I just need a little bit more smoke with this fire, potential fire. <laughs> Do you think the hiring of Bill O'Brien is part of that fire as well? I mean, you, this is a guy, I mean, uh... <laughs> Who, who ran the Texans into the ground. But still, uh, he's got head coaching experience. He's got that same GM experience that, that Belichick has. Does that put a little pressure on him now that Bill O'Brien's the offensive coordinator? I would think not, but you never know how these scatterbrained owners and GMs. Listen, the more I watch sports, the more I pay attention to sports, the more you and I do this, I really believe the armchair quarterback, the degenerates, the guys like you and I are smarter than some of these owners and general managers. Should Bill O'Brien be factor here? Fuck no. Could he because it's Robert Kraft? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I, I can't, I can't uh, argue that sometimes I feel like the decisions that we can make are better than the owners, but uh, they're the ones with the billions of dollars. So apparently they've done something in in life correctly that we have failed at. So <laughs> give them some credit, Panther. They are billionaires. That uh, have all that money. As much as you hate and detest Dan Snyder, he's got a lot of fucking money, and he just not he, he parlayed this fucking Commanders team into a couple billion dollars. So fucking kudos to him. Michael Jordan's out there in fucking what Greece, the island, the uh, you know the fucking on the islands on boats and stuff like that, smoking cigars with beautiful women with his billions of dollars he just fucking made from selling the the fucking Hornet Bobcats. So you know, congrats to him as well. These guys just keep getting richer, and here we are, you know, us. So, I mean, let's give the owners a little bit of credit. But no, from a decision-making standpoint, yeah, sometimes it's a head-scratcher. I, I, look at fucking Jim Irsay. You know, it's it's all fucking uh, pills and booze making his decision-making right there. So, uh, I can take pills and booze. I can make decisions on pills and booze. Why not? That sounds like fun. As for Bill O'Brien, I, I don't think it's a 
necessarily a pressure, but sometimes you look at situations like said commanders, they bring in a guy knowing that their head coach might be on the outs. So they have a guy just right there and waiting just in case I'd be a little worried if I was Bill Belichick, if he cared, I don't know if he cares. All right, moving on to the second story here, Panther. I sent this over to you. This is, this is pretty amazing. This is in the WSOP, which I, I do enjoy watching. Not just the WSOP main event. I'll find myself just watching WSOP events on TV because I really like how they televise poker. I'm a huge fan of televised poker. I don't know if I've ever said that on the show before, <laughs> but I enjoy how they produce and televise poker events. I've been watching it for, I don't know, what, 20-something years since, since it's been televised on the ESPN. Uh, anyway, World Series uh, main event uh, matchup. Uh, Daniel Vampin, Tony Lewis, it's getting closer to the end of the main event. Vampin had 8-7 of clubs. Lewis had ace-10 of hearts. So you'd say that, of course, Lewis had the advantage going in, ace-10 of hearts. Turn, the cards are 5-6-queen-10, right? Lewis had a flush draw, possibly, and Vampin could have a straight if a 4 or 9 hit. Vampin actually raised on his turn, called, uh, and Lewis called on the river. It was a 5, Okay. Vampin was done, and Lewis had a pair of 10s. That was it. Match over. Lewis should fold, right? No. No. Uh, Vampin shoved all in. With 4.5 million chips in the pot, Lewis decided to fold. Fucking huge bluff there. And, and in fact, it got to the point where at the end of it, uh, he, he, he turned over his cards. He turned over his cards to show them that he bluffed. Power move, I like that. I, I know you're a poker guy. I haven't played poker in, in a while. But I was a very, um, I played my cards. I played my cards and I, I understood the room, right? Like I very rarely bluffed. But because I very rarely bluffed, the times that I did, highly fucking effective. Not to say that I could win $4.5 million in chips. <laughs> but uh, I've had a couple of times where... I selectively bluffed, won a pot when I shouldn't have. How about you, Panther? A, what do you think of this? Cool, right? And B, uh, any any stories about bluffing in, in in your poker world? Oh yeah, I I, I bluff uh, strategically, not consistently, and not a lot. I'm pretty much a a straight up guy, but pot odds, the opponent. Um, you know, I play in a club that I've been playing in for nearly twenty years. And there are some very, very good poker players. Matter of fact, the goat of this club is Chubby Zebra. Fantastic poker player. Don't ever tell him I said that. But the, the kind of thing that can play to a disadvantage when you play against the same guys all the time is you pick up on their tendencies, you pick up on their tells, you pick up on things. And that's completely different than going to Vegas and just sitting down at a pickup game or a cash game. Um, it, it's, it's a lot harder. You've got to pay way more attention. So you look at the this this event that you're talking about, this series of, of calls and bluffs and, and what have you, I watched the video, but I don't have enough information. All right, We've got the, the turn and the river. I don't see the hands dealt. I don't see the pre-flop betting and the calling, what happened up to that point. Plus, they played days. And let me tell you this. As good of a poker player as I think I am, and I, I, I'm not one of those to pat myself on the back, but I am a pretty damn good poker player. For these guys to do what they do for hours and days in a row, I don't know if I could. That is a fucking grind. So sometimes you're sitting here watching, 
and you go, what the fuck was he thinking? Well, he might be on like 36 hours of no sleep. I don't know. Um, but from a strategic point of view, if he was going to take that hand down, it was the right play. You're shoving. You shove that four and a half million in there. I like that play. And you got tens. There's a straight on the board. I can't remember if there was a potential flush on the board. But all you have are tens. Even though you have the winning hand, you don't know that. He had no choice but to fold. Um, I did like the play, but so many variables go into did was it the right play? Was it, you know, there's just so many things to factor in there. I I can never really second guess. Sitting in Van Camp's shoes in that situation, I gotta believe I would have shoved as well. I, I look at it this way. It's the right play when it goes right. <laughs> Right. That's always that's always how it works. <laughs> always in sports too, right? It's the right play if it goes right. It's the wrong play if it goes wrong. We are we are such fucking uh, armchair poker players, armchair quarterbacks. We do all those fucking things. We armchair a lot, and we can say, "Hey, that was a great move because it it was right." I I like to think that we are also the people that say, "Hey, it was the right play even when it wrong." I think it was the right play, even if it went wrong. I think it was the it was a hell of a bluff. I think it was a great opportunity to do so. I think it was a smart play, and the fact that he flexed afterwards to let him know that he bluffed. I love that psychological move right there. I fucking oh, love right there. Yeah. that psychological move right there because now it's it, it, it he's setting him up for the future. It, you know, when he has a hand, he's gonna think he's bluffing. That's absolutely right. He's gonna now. This guy's gonna fucking second guess every single fucking hand. Does he got it? Does he not? Fucking loved it. Okay, quick break. Then back to baseball betting. Fucking stay tuned. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJ's proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, Anywhere, use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. We are back. Possibly never left. Panther, you got five. I only got two today. Maybe three. I think it's two. Maybe three. I got two. Let's see if we got any overlap. Where are you starting today, buddy? Uh, We're starting with our Homer team right here in the Degeneracy. We're going to Cincinnati where the Reds will host the Milwaukee Brewers. Basically a series for the battle for first place. Coming off the All-Star break with four days to recover, uh, you think they're going to throw one of their better pitchers out there? No. No, the Reds are not. They're going to throw Graham Ashcraft, who started the season pretty well, but um, as of late, really not even as of late, the past couple months, he's been absolutely garbage. Going against Corbin Burns, I really think the Reds have a, a chance here because the 
the pitching matchup and the line suggests the Reds are the play. And I'm only saying that now because I'm realizing, holy shit, I'm jumping into a fucking trap. I wrote it down. I'll stick with the bat. Give me the Brewers for 10 bucks. Hey, I'm I'm hand in hand lockstep with you, buddy. I, I looked at this game and my instant reaction was I want to bet the Brewers, but man, I don't want to bet the Brewers because how can I how can I fade the Reds? But I got to do it today. I think the Reds get the series. I'll tell you this. I do think the Reds win the series, but the the everything suggests that the Brewers should win this one. Holy shit. We're going to lock that into the D-Gen parlay back with the D-Gen parlay. X Chris joining us this morning. Can't wait to talk Major League Baseball. I, maybe we'll get to that game. If not, I'll talk about that game in a minute, X Chris. But yeah, here we are. First game for the parlay. $10 bet on the Brewers. Next game up will not be in the parlay, just out of pure principle, because we're going down to Arlington, Texas, where the Rangers will host the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Adam Savale will pitch for the Guardians, going against John Gray for the Rangers. Uh, look, the Rangers kind of limped into the all-star break, lost four of their last five. Uh, the pitching had kind of fallen apart and going against a Guardians team that pitches really well, just doesn't hit the ball as well. To the tune of, check this out, the Rangers are two to one in home runs. They've launched 124 bombs. Cleveland has 60 on the season. That's horrible. In any case, at minus 145, I think the Rangers get the second half of the season started in a positive note. I like the Rangers for 10 bucks. I worry about the Rangers in the second half and a little bit of a fade, especially I do believe, and you also believe, that Houston should start stepping up sooner rather than later. That said, he's not, they're not playing Houston. They're playing the Cleveland uh, Guardians, who are not a fantastic road team and uh, aren't the best of hitting teams, as you mentioned. However, I think the pitching matchup goes to the Cleveland. I kind of like the value play, plus 125 on the Guardians. Not enough to bet it, but a solid lean on Cleveland here. Next game up, the Bronx Bombers are going to Mile High. Take on the Colorado Rockies. Carlos Rodone, who you seem to be really high on, um, the, the number two, I guess, behind Garrett Cole, taking the mound, going against Austin Gomber. And we've said some incendiary things about Mr. Gomber. And I don't know if he's heard or if he listens or what, but his last three outings have been actually really, really good. He's picked up three straight wins. Three quality starts, one of those actually in Coors Field, and now facing a Yankee team that on the surface you would think, hey, Yankees at Colorado, uh, Rondon on the mound. I mean, we've got to be at, what, minus 250 or worse, and it's not. So, hey, I don't, do, I don't do value plays. I don't do lottery picks very often, but today I'm taking a lottery pick. Give me the Rockies, plus 175, 10 bucks. I'll get you plus 180 at the book that shall not be named because I don't want to give them free publicity anymore. <laughs> so I'll get you plus 180 over there. Uh, I'm on the I'm on the Yankees on this one. I do think the Yankees get it done. I You're right. I do like Radon, especially in that number two spot behind uh, Garrett Cole being a little bit protected against some of the pitching matchups he's going to get. I, I think that the Yankees uh, get it done today. Uh, too chalky for me, and so I'll lean the Yankees here. Uh, let's flip back to that Texas game. Uh, Mr. Fitted likes Texas first five money line. I, I don't hate that. I, I, I don't hate that play. Uh, I think that's a, a solid move there. So I'll give you some moral support there, Mr. Fitted. All right, Panther, what else you got? Uh, next game up, the Houston Astros are going to L.A. take on the Anaheim Angels. J.P. France draws the not-so-lucky draw of taking on God himself. 
Otani coming off the all-star break will take the mound. And I don't believe I'm actually going to do this, but I'm fading God. I, I like the I like the Astros to rebound. They're going to start getting healthy. And this line with Otani pitching probably should be way worse. And it's not. So give me another value play on the Astros for 10 bucks. Someone who was raised Catholic, I learned very early in life to fade God. So I'll I'll, I'll throw that out there. Uh, but uh, I'm also going to fade God with you in this game. I, I do think the Astros are the play plus the 135. I'm going to give you tons of moral support here. Hey, I, I like this plus line for the parlay as well. I'll tell you that. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at you if we threw this in there to get a little value on our parlay today. Moral support lean on the Astros. Our last game up for me, you know, it's not a Panther play. If I don't come up with at least one run line, and we've got one right here with the Detroit Tigers hitting the road, going to Seattle, take on my boy, Luis Castillo. Listen, Eduardo Rodriguez has pitched very well for the Tigers, and the Tigers have actually played really well over the last month. But on the road against Castillo, I just don't like their chances here. Run line me some minesweepers for 10 bucks. It's uh, minus 135 on that run line. And unfortunately, I and I believe X Chris are fading you in this one. I like the Tigers plus the 166 I can get on them. I think that's hell of a value on a Detroit Tigers team that is an up-and-coming team. And honestly, not not to think that I not that I think that they can win the Central this year, but I mean let's let's just assemble a group of guys from this chat and we might be competitive in the Central. So <laughs> There's always a chance here. Uh, let's see. X Chris Tigers. He says Tigers will win today. Starting pitcher has an ERA of 2.64 this year. Erod baby. So he likes the, the the Tigers. I like the Tigers. Not enough to bet it. Uh, hard to fade Castillo. Them in. I love him. I think he he's he's the real deal over there in Seattle. You know, imagine throwing Shohei Otani along with him. Hmm, that that's a that's a nice starting rotation. Uh, I'll lean the Tigers here. All right. Those are my five plays. Uh, apparently, you have a few more. I got one more. I got one more left. Let's look at San Diego. The Whale's vagina is heading to Philadelphia. If this game gets played weather-wise, I do believe it does. I had this at a plus line. It is now down to Philadelphia minus 102. So what do we say here, Panther? Vegas agrees. I think uh, the Phillies have the advantage here. Uh, Sanchez, even though he hasn't won a game, I get that. But I put him over a fucking you goddamn Darvish any fucking day of the week. Padres, not great on the road. Philadelphia at home. I think they're going to try to make a push in the second half. I know you got that futures bet on them. I don't think you cash it, but they're going to make it interesting. $10 bet on the Philadelphia Phillies. And I don't think they're going to quit. I mean, they, they made their run in the second half last year as well. Um, part of it's going to have to be Sanchez, you know, kind of filling that role and, and getting some wins under his belt. Darvish, listen, Darvish at San Diego, I'll bet him. Darvish on the road, I typically will fade him. And I think that's what's happening here. The Padres as a whole, the pitching staff, we had talked about this since Gary Sanchez had arrived. The pitching staff as a whole has been remarkably good. Um, so I think this might be a lower scoring game. I think Darvish probably does pitch decently. But Vegas and the Sharps seem to think the Phillies are the play. Uh, who am I to disagree with the so-called experts? I will give you moral support. I like that you call me an expert, Panther. I really appreciate that. Okay, you, you can't fade them because they are now in our parlay. Philadelphia minus 102, Milwaukee minus 124, Houston plus 132. You feel good about that as the parlay? 
I like it. I like it. Uh, everything except your Phillies play. I think we could have come up with something a little more. You you you, you, you want to drop the Phillies? I, it's fine. I, we can drop the Phillies and throw something else in if you want to. No, no, not my job. To be. Listen, I do this with that group of guys, and I, I make picks, and, and I sit there and I said, oh, no, I don't like that play. And then they change their play, and then their play would have ended up winning. So, no, don't change because of what I said. All right. That's going to pay us plus 731, that value with the Houston Ashers with that plus line. And the Phillies with only a minus 102. I think that line's going to get worse. When you talk about closing line value, this is the one to circle by game time. I think this is a minus 115, maybe maybe a little bit worse. So look at closing line value there. I think we got it by doing a show this early in the morning. But that will do it for this Friday. That will do it for this week. Thank you, DJs, for trudging along with us in this all-star fucking week. Panther, take us home. Oh, we love the loyalty. Glad to be back. Sports betting. And you know the deal. We hang out on Facebook a little. Twitter a little. But a lot. It's right here in the asylum. Come in here. Join our Discord. Join the asylum. Max, I don't have it in front of me. I'm driving. I do believe we had a new addition either late last night or this morning. Uh, we did, quick? we did, we did. Magnanimous Bay. Magnanimous Bay. Welcome to the big show. This is where you guys can hang out. It doesn't cost a thing. It's absolutely free. Come in here. Shoot the shit with us. Call us out by name. We'll holler right back. The DJs will holler right back. But most importantly, let us know what you did yesterday, what you're going to do today. You didn't do shit. There wasn't a goddamn thing to bet on yesterday. That's what there was. So let me know what you're doing today. And when it's all said and done, kids, it's all make some money, fools. This show is sports entertainment. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only. And any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. In short, don't be stupid. Gamble responsibly. We will not be held responsible. Peace.